Hello, everyone. Welcome to Chasing the Light. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week. Today, I'm going to be talking about the daily grind when living blind. I have focused in on different aspects of living with blindness over these past seven or eight months since beginning this podcast journal. However, I wanted to kind of give everyone a glimpse into my daily life, just a typical day in the life of someone who is affected by blindness or visual impairment, and hopefully address and bring to your attention some things you may not have ever considered whenever you think about a disability and how it affects someone. So I wanted to wait till late in the day um, to record this podcast entry because I really wanted like the whole day to be fresh in my mind and I wanted to pay attention to the different daily tasks that I accomplished throughout today so I could kind of see how I have adapted um, to doing those kinds of tasks while living with blindness or visual impairment. So basically, every day starts the same for me. I wake up super early in the morning and I get my faith and fitness time in, as I had mentioned in other podcast journal entries. Um, And what that entails is basically getting up and um, going to my basement and I have an elliptical trainer where I go and um, sometimes I will get on that or sometimes I will um, get turn on my beach body on demand and do like one of my favorite um, cardio workouts or something like that. And so basically, that's when it all starts for me in terms of having to adapt to different things. Um, The elliptical trainer, I've kind of memorized where certain buttons are and how many clicks, you know, it takes to um, get to the level that I want to get to whenever I'm, you know, using that type of exercise equipment. Um, and, and do keep in mind that I, I have some vision, um, however, it's restricted vision and, um, definitely not as restricted as it used to be prior to my surgery for the clinical trial. Um, so that's pretty much how I operate any kind of exercise equipment that, um, for the first time, like if, say I'm at a fitness center or something at a hotel, like, I kind of memorize where the buttons are. Like I would take a picture of the machine and zoom in and and see where um, the buttons are and then kind of listen to the clicks or beeps or whatever to see what level that I may want to get to or um, like how long I want to do whatever I'm doing, like for 30 minutes or 35, whatever it may be. So, you know, I definitely use a combination of the magnification on taking a picture on my phone and then, you know, the the auditory signals of beeps or clicks. And then for my um, Beachbody On Demand programs, like I have a TV on the wall and I stream right on the TV and I can get close up to the TV to kind of see where what program I want to do for that day. Um, You know, I can't see it from 
the other side of the room. But thankfully, like since it's my own home gym, I can get right up there and kind of see what I want to do. And, you know, that's how I achieve that part of it. And the same with my treadmill. If I decide that I'm going to run on the treadmill, um, I had to memorize the different um, beeps for that as well because I couldn't always see what the typical program was or the specific program was that I wanted to do. And, you know, the faith aspect of it is doing my daily devotionals. Um, and when I'm doing those, I listen to most of those. So like if I'm on the elliptical trainer, um, you know, of course I have my prayer time and then I will, you know, use like the Our Daily Bread devotional and it will read it to me. Um, I also use voiceover for another devotional that doesn't have the auditory feature. And I listen to an audio Bible to go along with um, my year in the Bible podcast that I listen to. So I do a lot of different devotionals. That's the faith aspect of my faith and fitness routine and somewhere in there I sneak upstairs and turn on the coffee because I want to make sure that the coffee's ready for Zach whenever he comes down um, to go to work as well as for when I'm done my workout and before I get my shower and everything. So that can pose some tricky problems for me as well because I don't like to turn on any lights whenever I'm, you know, on the main floor and um, coming up because I don't want to disturb Piper, our dog, because she's usually laying and sleeping and everything. Um, and I don't want to like signal to her that it's time to get up or anything like that. It doesn't affect the boys because they're upstairs in their bedrooms and their doors are shut with their fans on. And, you know, so they wouldn't be able to see the lights or hear me, you know, navigating and the kitchen and everything. Um, but because I don't turn on the lights, I oftentimes bump into shelves or, um, you know, turn a corner too soon and, and hit the wall, those types of things, if I'm moving a little bit too quickly. Or if Piper will randomly come down and get me to have me take her out to go potty, um, you know, sometimes I run into different things along that route as well. Um, basically, that's how my morning always begins. Um, not, you know, I don't, I don't ever sleep in. That's just how I start every day. Um, I then go get a shower and get to the point where it's time to do my makeup and my hair. And I kind of wanted to stop and, and put some focus on that because um, I would imagine that a lot of people haven't thought about like how a blind person may apply makeup or do their hair if they have restrictive vision. And I do a lot of it. Um, really, I don't even... I don't even really look that much. I do a lot by touch um, and the way that it feels. And if I know that like um, certain makeup is touching, you know, certain parts of my skin already, then I've already covered that spot. Like if I'm using foundation, um, if I'm using eyeshadow, I do a lot uh, with my hand, like with my finger to kind of feel where I was before since I can't see in the mirror very well, um, you know, unless I get super close. And then the same with mascara. I just kind of pay attention to where I've already put my mascara brush. And um, yeah, and I don't wear like a whole bunch of makeup just because I can't see very well. Um, you know, I just basically use eyeshadow, mascara, mascara. 
and uh, foundation. And then, like, with my hair, I really don't look in the mirror much for that either. Like, it's all about the way that it feels. And, um, you know, when I straighten my hair and everything, I'm, like, feeling around the back or all over to make sure that it it's all feeling even and everything like that. So then after I'm, like, ready and dressed, and, of course, like, I've been asked, um, if I dress myself, like I think I've addressed this in other uh, podcast journal entries um, about like weird interactions with people. Um, but when I was working as a TV, I remember going into a school and and um, somebody asking like, well, do you, you know, get dressed all by yourself? Like, you know, who helps you? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I get dressed all by myself. Um, but I really, I think it, looking back, I think it was more so like, does somebody have to help you, you know, with colors or making sure that you're wearing the same, you know, color shoes or, you know, same color socks, whatever. Um, so, yes, I do dress myself. Um, if there's like colors that are close, like navy and black, and it is just way too close that I can't even tell in the light, then I'll ask Zach or the boys like, the color but I mean I feel like that's something that a typically sighted person may struggle with as well trying to determine you know darker colors like that um um and also uh I don't turn on the lights when I'm doing that kind of stuff too because I'm upstairs at that point and I don't want to wake the boys you know draw attention to our bedroom like they would see the light in our bedroom under the cracks of their bedroom doors and everything so I do a lot of like putting things away um at a certain place and memorizing where it is so like if I have a certain pair of pants that I like I'll put it on top to the left of this one drawer that I have um you know same with shoes I might set it out the night before I do a lot of planning in advance like that's how I've done my life always is having to like think you know 10 miles ahead of where I where I you know am currently standing um it's it's just how I've had to manage and adapt to my blindness so I definitely do a lot of laying the clothes out the night before or if I've put them away um, I have like my favorite pants on top because, you know, I, I work from home now. So, you know, I don't have to wear like anything fancy because if I'm on like a virtual meeting or anything, like all it has to look good is, is my top half. I can have my Under Armour swishy pants on, you know, and my sneakers on my bottom half. <laughs> so that's kind of how I roll when I'm working from home. Um but anyway, so that's kind of like getting ready in the morning. Um, then I go downstairs and I get the boys their breakfast. And since they go to schools an hour apart, my oldest goes to school first for middle school. I will get their um, get his breakfast first. I mean, I usually make it at the same time. But, um, you know, I only feed my oldest one first and I take him to the bus. And I'll make like scrambled eggs or french toast or pancakes something like that something pretty quick um because i have like 20 minutes from the time that i get down there from getting ready to get getting you know ready to walk out the door and take him to the school bus 
Um, and, you know, oftentimes it has been dark all through the winter when I'm walking him down to the school bus and everything. Um, but thankfully, we have some streetlights on our road and everything as we live in a neighborhood. Um, so like breakfast and cooking in general, um, I kind of touched on this whenever I was talking about um, Thanksgiving, preparing Thanksgiving dinner back in November. Um, but like with scrambled eggs and everything, I will just do everything in like um, a dark color bowl and then I crack the eggs and add the milk. And so that shows up really well. So there's a good contrast in between the two. And um, then I like have a dark colored pan. So when I pour it in the pan and everything, um, I can see it really well. There's a nice contrast with that. Also, I can hear whenever like the egg mixture hits the pan, I can hear it start to sizzle right away. I know that it's going to cook fast because it's heated up and everything. Um, so that's kind of like an example of like what I made today, scrambled eggs. And they always have fruit with their breakfast and stuff. And I always have to make sure I get their lunches out and set them somewhere where I'm not going to bump them like when I'm wiping off the counter or something like you know because sometimes I can't see things so I'll just wipe them right off the counter like I've wiped coffee cups off the counter or you know whole bowls off the counter because I forget I put it there and then I can't see it um to remind myself not to do that so that's kind of like breakfast and I walk Lucas to the bus and um, you know, when it was dark and everything, it was definitely a little bit more tricky for me to walk down. I haven't had any issues yet. Um, he's been with me and everything. And usually the sun is, um, really starting, it's starting to pop up over the horizon. It's not quite up, but it's brightening things up. And especially now as we're moving closer to spring, it's definitely a lot lighter in the mornings. Um, so that's not a real big issue. Uh, but then we get back, I get him on the bus and everything, and then I get back and I get Jackson his breakfast that I've already made for him, and I'll just warm it up whenever he comes down out of bed. Um, meanwhile, in there, before my shower, I'll put the laundry in, and um, I do a lot of preparing that the night before. Like, I do everything, like, I have everything planned out to a T in terms of time to make sure that I have enough time to get my workout in and shower and be ready to get them a nice healthy breakfast. Um, you know, I'm pretty much the same time on all of that each day because of the routine that I have. So somewhere in there, if, before I get my shower, I throw my laundry in. So when I get back from taking Lucas to um, the school bus, I will switch the laundry into the dryer and hang some things up and everything. Um, so that kind of thing, like, I have to really pay attention to the way clothes feel whenever I am moving it from the washer to the dryer um, because I have certain things that I like to hang up. So I don't look most of the time. I, I really rely on my uh, hands and, and feeling using tactile um, feeling and everything to know what I want to hang up and what I want to throw in the dryer. So 
that's kind of how I do that. The same way with um, pouring like the laundry, the laundry detergent and fabric softener and stuff. I will bring it close to me and kind of use my finger to see where it is at the top if I can't see it well. But a lot of this is kind of going off of how it used to be. Like I'm using my vision for a lot more things now that I have more vision since my clinical trial. Um, but there was definitely a time where I was relying on these little adaptations and little tricks um, very heavily to get through my day uh, with blindness. I mean, it was definitely something that uh, was was tricky. And uh, and as I, I lost vision, I had to um, make adjustments and create new adaptations and ways to do things. Um, oh, also toothpaste, um, brushing my teeth and everything. Like, I can't tell you how many times that I have gone to put toothpaste on my toothbrush and totally miss it because of depth perception or not being able to see. Um, and then like, can't find the toothpaste, like where in the world did you land toothpaste? And then like step on it on the floor later on. Like I haven't done that since my surgery. Um, but that's definitely something that I used to do in the past. And one trick that I heard about um I don't somewhere down the line recently um some people who are blind or visually impaired will put the toothpaste um like in their mouth or on their tongue instead of trying to put it on the toothpaste or toothbrush and then they take their toothbrush and get it off of their tongue and then brush their teeth that way so I thought that was a really cool little um trick if you're living with blindness or visual impairment so after I get Jackson breakfast, um, like after we do the laundry, get Jackson his breakfast and everything, he and I will usually go outside and he likes to kick the soccer ball. And for that, I've talked a little bit about that, how um, the color soccer ball that he uses really makes a difference of whether or not I can see the ball um, well or if I struggle with it. And um, he recently he's been using this black ball on the black asphalt. And I tell him every morning, like, I can't I can't see it very well. Like, I can't, you know, be patient with me because it's usually super bright out, thankfully, because, you know, I love sunny days and everything. But it makes it a bit challenging whenever I'm out there, like trying to pass this soccer ball with him and the sun's kind of shining in my eyes. Um, so, you know, one thing that I would suggest in that type of situation, like, um, would to be use a brighter soccer ball. So he has some brighter soccer balls, but he doesn't use them on the asphalt. He uses them on the grass. And, you know, I just keep telling him it's fine. We'll just keep using this one because this one he's always used on the asphalt. And I don't want him to mess up, you know, one of his nice bright colored soccer balls if he doesn't want to. So, that's a little tactic that, um, you know, we, we, I would suggest using if, if someone had some vision and were playing with their child or something, you know, just make sure there's some contrast between whatever you're playing with and, and the background that it's on. Um, so then I get him on the bus and I take Piper on a walk. And if, if Zach's working from home, then he'll usually come with us on a walk. Um, but at least two days a week, I'm taking Piper, our dog, on a walk by myself. 
And she's on a leash and a harness and everything, uh, but she doesn't get along well with other dogs. She loves people. She just, for whatever reason, hasn't gotten along with other dogs. Um, so if we're on a walk and stuff, she will usually start pulling and everything when she starts to see another animal or human, like if somebody's running. And as she's pulling, that's always like my sign that something or someone is coming up. And I'm kind of alerted in that way. And I, it, wherever she's pulling to, I usually try and pull her to the opposite side of the road or off the sidewalk or whatever. Because I'm just assuming that somebody's coming. Like, I can't see the person that's coming. But by what she's doing, it's kind of like alerting me. Okay, someone's coming that way. So we've got to go this way. So you don't get in a tussle with, you know, another doggy or something. Um so we just go on and uh, enjoy our walk and everything. And I just try and be, you know, cognizant of like Piper not getting into any type of trash or, um, you know, just getting into something that she shouldn't like eat or smell or something like that as we're walking along. Um, and, you know, I just kind of know her little tendencies and behaviors now that, um, you know, I just kind of try and pull her away when she starts pulling me a certain direction because it's likely not something that she needs to go towards um, knowing how she is because she's a little crazy pup whenever we go on a walk. And when I say pup, she's eight years, she will be eight years old. So, um, but she still look, looks like a puppy and acts like a puppy, especially whenever she's on a walk. And like people are even like when we pass like, oh, your puppy's so cute. How old is she? And we're like, oh, she's almost eight. <laughs> she just doesn't know how to behave. Um, but she's a sweet girl. Um, so, you know, I know our neighborhood very, very well. We have sidewalks everywhere. Um, plus I run our neighbor, I've been running our neighborhood for as long as we've been here. And, um, you know, I'm very, I very much know like where the different dips are and the, the sidewalks and the road. And, um, you know, I kind of have those memorized now, whenever I did take Piper on a walk, uh, like before all the snow had melted and everything a couple weeks ago and it was getting a bit icy like from stuff melting and kind of refreezing overnight because it was so cold um, then I got a little I, I, I did slip some as I was going I never fell or anything um, but for that I was just trying to find uh, the regular asphalt and everything and try and steer clear of the ice as we were walking um but that's the only time I really have any difficulties as I'm taking a walk independently around the neighborhood I mean we go so early in the morning after we get Jackson on the bus at eight o'clock um that there's really not many people or other animals or anything out as we're you know going around and everything um, so then after that, like, I usually come back and do some kind of cleaning, some kind of house chore each day, because I'm not one of those people who just likes to pile it on in one day. Like, I do laundry every day to keep up with it. I do one load each day, um, you know, but, but I, then I usually do, like, one house chore each, each day. Plus, I vacuum our main floor every day, because it doesn't take long, and it just kind of keeps all the 
the crumbs and, you know, the life of having um, two little boys and and a, and a doggy and stuff. It just kind of keeps up with all of that. Um, so I usually do that every day, just that main floor. Um, but like today, I vacuum the upstairs and the downstairs, um, our basement and everything. And I usually do that on Tuesdays. And one thing with vacuuming, like, I do okay, I do okay with vacuuming. Um I I do suck things up with the vacuum quite often. Uh I will usually go around and like tuck in um phone chargers and stuff underneath of like an in, underneath of like Zach and my end tables or anything that may be exposed like that that I might would suck up if I get a little bit too close to a piece of furniture. Um you know, because of depth perception or whatever. Um, but like I literally went around and did that today. Like I always do. And sure enough, like I must not have had my phone charger pushed under my, um, nightstand far enough. And the, the, it, our room is always the room that I vacuum first upstairs. And I ended up sucking this thing the whole way around in the vacuum and smelled like burnt. And I pulled that out right away. Um, and I just kind of like shake my head and laugh at myself. Um, so like things like that, uh, the things in the boys room, like, you know, I hear lots of crackles and all kinds of things when I go in there when I'm vacuuming and I'm just like, well, you know, if they didn't pick it up, it can't been that important because it was on the floor and it was like pushed under your dresser or pushed under your bed. Um, but like big things, I will usually go around and kind of pick up ahead of time just because I know that like if I don't see it when I'm vacuuming, I will likely like run over it and I just I don't want to damage anything in the house. Um, if I'm going around like the trim or the baseboards of of like the basement or wherever, like if it's that time, I don't do that every week, but um, every, you know, couple weeks or so I'll go around the baseboard and stuff. And you know what? I can't, I can't see that there's dirt there. Um, but I know there has to be because we live here and, you know, there's allergens and dander and all kinds of stuff, dust. Like I know it's there. So I just kind of follow the baseboard with, you know, the little hose or whatever, the, the vacuum hose on the vacuum and, and just do the best that I can with that. And um, thankfully, I have a good husband who will go around and kind of clean all the areas that I miss in terms of um, dusting and stuff. Like, he doesn't usually go around and vacuum, but he might sweep. Um, <laughs> I always tell him, like, he just... He just did this to me, the, like, last week. He was like, oh, there's a lot of dust bunnies over here or back here or whatever. And I'm like, well, I clean where I can see. And he's like, yeah, I can tell you clean where you can see. So I do. I'm, I make a valiant effort um, with my cleaning and everything. And it's not perfect. Um, but I get the big spots and he kind of goes around and um, gets, like, the, the things that I kind of miss because of my lack of vision or restrictive vision um I also today I, I I sucked up two things today when I was in the basement um I was vacuuming like the area rug that we have down there and apparently one of the boys didn't put away their headphones from their iPad they just sometimes they get lazy and they'll just throw their stuff like 
on the floor or close to where it's supposed to really go. And um, apparently they did that. And I sucked up one of their headphones and pulled that out. And it was all intact except for like the little cushiony thing that goes on the one earbud. And I thought, well, should put your iPad headphones away. I guess if they want to get that little cushiony thing, they're going to have to get their daddy to get in the the dirty vacuum and pull it out for them or they can use mine but um you know I just I did I wasn't thinking there was going to be headphones on the floor it looks clear and good to go to me so I just went to town on my daily tour um so yeah so my tip for like those kind of things is like just kind of look have if someone is there to kind of have them look ahead of time and pick some things up um you know or push things in ahead of time so you're not, you know, getting phone cord chargers and those types of things sucked up in the vacuum. Um, and then, like, I, you know, I, like I said, I work from home, so I do a lot of stuff at the computer. Um, you know, today I was working on watching a video for, uh, for my job and then writing, um, questions for the students and an answer key and everything to follow along with and so you have to watch the video then you have to stop it and make a question and write the answer and the timestamp and everything like where it was in the video if you have to reference it or something when you're grading it um you know if if there's like some sort of discrepancy between a student and you know what you have as the answer or whatever you can access it really quickly um so you know, back before my clinical trial, if I were doing something something like that, it would probably take me a little while, like a significant while to do. And I'd probably be visually fatigued um, in doing that. But since my trial and everything, I definitely navigate a lot quicker on the computer and with less magnification. Um, my eyes aren't fatiguing like they used to when I was working full time as a teacher of the visually impaired um, you know, so, and I have different tactics of doing those kind of things. Like I have folders organized on my computer, electronic folders and kind of memorize where they are so I can go quickly. Um, I have email and stuff pulled up and, you know, have my favorites in that as well. Um, and I use an iPad, of course, whenever I'm like watching the video and everything. So like I have stuff pulled up on my computer, but I watch the video on my iPad so I don't have to kind of toggle between different things on my computer. I'd much rather watch it on my iPad aside my computer. And, you know, in the midst of that, like I'm folding laundry and kind of doing those little house chores um, with folding laundry and stuff, some of the things that I have the most challenges with are like matching up different socks. Like, so like I have socks that are the same brand, um, but they have different colors on like the heel and the toes. And that's how it used to be with the boys' little socks and stuff too, when they were little, um, you know, they looked very similar, but I had trouble with matching them up and, very rarely did they ever have the right pair together, um, but I did the best I could. Like, at least they had socks, right? They, they had clean clothes and didn't always, you know, match, but they never said anything about it. That's all they know is, you know, mommy does my clothes and puts them away and this type of thing. So, 
um i still wear like two different color socks and this this and that like it it just happens um and let's see here the same thing with like shirts and stuff like when the boys used to have the same shirts like that they had the same picture or something on the front um and it's not so much that anymore as they're older I can definitely tell their shirts apart because Lucas has grown a ton especially in the last year um so that's not such a big deal but but when they were younger I struggled with kind of telling what you know whose was whose and would get that kind of stuff mixed up a lot um but we would always work that out as well um and of course you know I do a lot by touch when I'm folding things you know I like Lucas's socks are kind of getting to be as long as Zach's socks they were the same size shoes now um but there's a little bit of uh just just a little bit of differences between the two so sometimes I just have to hold them up to each other and kind of compare the length or how they feel or whatever that may be that kind of gives me that um, indication of their difference um so I'm just trying to think of some other things like that I might have had to deal with on on a daily basis when the kids were younger and they would get sick and stuff and I'd have to give them medicine and everything. I don't think I ever talked about that. Um, I would, you know, kind of have to memorize where the line was that they had to have the medicine to. Of course, I would take a picture of like the instructions on the prescription and everything. And then I'd take a picture of the bottle and read that. And then I would have to measure it out and everything with the little, um, oh my goodness, the little medicine dropper thing. I don't know what like, the technical name is called for that. But usually I would pour it into a medicine cup and then draw it out of that um, so that I had the correct thing, the correct measurement to give to them because I could see the medicine cup better than the little lines on the medicine dropper. Um, but now at this point, both of them will swallow tablets or, um, pills if they need any medicine. Like as soon as they could do that, we switched to that whenever they would get prescriptions, which they don't get prescriptions very often. I mean, at this point, like they're not getting sick too often that they need prescriptions for anything thankfully um you know um but both of them were very eager to switch to tablets or pills um because neither one of them liked the liquid medicine obviously than not a lot of kids do so that was kind of my tactic for that type of thing um definitely had issues whenever they would um like throw up in the middle of the night and getting their stuff cleaned and everything like I would literally just take all of their sheets and just go wash them out um by hand before I'd put it in the washer and everything just so that you didn't have like you know throw up and stuff going through the washer and stuff so again I, d I did a lot of that through you know tactually and using my hand and stuff to know um when it was clean or not um so definitely being blind and doing that type of thing was not always the best but I did it and I you know I'm still here I do anything for my kids and um I just kind of always took the role for that with um dealing with the throw up and I, I mean any anything like I never hesitated to 
to do any of it because of my blindness. Like I had children and God gave me the gift of being a mom. And so I knew that I was going to be able to handle whatever came my way with that gift. Um, so yes, I definitely have little tricks and tips for all kinds of different things as I'm going through the day. Um, of course, I make their lunches ahead of time. Like I pack their lunches every day. So I do that the day before. Actually, when they get home, like I'll make their sandwiches and um, I kind of have them because they both like certain things. So I make little piles and keep them separate so I don't mix them up and not see that I've mixed them up. Um, and then I put them in their lunchbox whenever they get home and everything. And I always, you know, do like I'll do a vision check to see like if their lunchbox have any like like if they spilt something in it. Like I always wipe them out and everything. Um, but sometimes if they've spilled something and it's hardened or something, you got to wipe a little harder. So I will kind of feel with the washcloth when it, and if there's something hard in there, then I'll work on it with the washcloth and stuff before I put their new lunch stuff in there. Um, and then I'm, you know, getting, start getting dinner ready. So like today, um, I made a like sausage and vegetable pasta bake. And, you know, with that, I had to do a lot of things on the stovetop. Plus I made, um, zucchini and tomato and broccoli stir fry on, um, on the stovetop as well. So I've kind of, you know, alluded to what I do whenever I'm doing stovetop things that, you know, I, a lot of it has to do with the way that it sounds and I just basically me standing over it and kind of turning it every so often if I, if it sounds like it is, um, starting to burn or staying in one place at, at one time. Um, and then like the way that I check that is just like with a fork, I might pierce the vegetables or whatever to see if it's tender enough to be done. Um, and you know, just different little tricks like that as I'm cooking dinner, um, the pouring stuff, like, I, like I said, I put my, kind of put my finger in a measuring cup at the top to see where it goes to, um, you know, smell, of course, you can tell if something's getting cooked or burning or whatever. Like today, I left the pasta bacon just a little bit too long at the temperature that I had the oven set for, um, because I had made muffins to go along with dinner, and it was just a little bit higher temperature than I needed for the pasta bake. So as soon as I opened that oven after a half an hour, um, when the pasta, I'd already taken out the muffins, but then I had like another 20 minutes or so left for the pasta bake. As soon as I opened that oven, um, before I could even see it, I could smell a little bit of that, um, cheese had, I could tell it was just, it wasn't burnt, burnt, but it was, it was like a little bit more done than I, um, usually would have left it. I usually would have taken it out when it was just starting to like melt over everything. Um, but it wasn't burnt. Um, it was just getting, <laughs> if I would have left it in like a minute or two longer, it probably would have been burnt. Um, 
So, yeah, that's pretty much like my day in a nutshell um, and kind of how I do different different things with my blindness. Like whenever I'm wiping our counters, um, you know, I usually will like put my hand at the edge of the counter and then have like a washcloth um, wiping the counter and catch any crumbs because if they go to the floor, I'm probably not going to find them if the crumbs hit the floor. Um, I'll usually feel my hand across the counter just to see if there's anything hard or sticky on there that I have to scrub a little bit um, longer to do to get it off of there or whatever. Um, I just try and keep things very organized in the refrigerator, the kitchen, the cupboards so that I can go back to them and kind of know where everything is. Like everything has its place in my kitchen if someone was just coming in there to look for the first time, they might not understand my system, but I understand my system and, you know, my family understands the system and how important it is to me to, like, try your best to get things back to where you got it to because otherwise mommy's not going to find it. Um, but, yeah, that's that's pretty much my daily grind and living with blindness and everything, that's, that's a typical Tuesday for me. Um, of course, I do other house chores I dust. And um, for that, I just kind of hit all the places that I think I should hit when I'm dusting. And um, apparently there's some other places that I need to hit. <laughs> but um, that kind of will go and, and get anything that I miss. Um, and sometimes I do like more thorough dusting and stuff, but other times I'm just like kind of going over it just to like kind of, you know, maintaining things around the house each week. Um, and then my floors, like I said, I, I vacuum my main floor every day and like tomorrow I'll do my Swiffer and everything. So that's pretty much just making sure that I hit all the, the floor surfaces on that main floor, like there's really not much that I have to use a lot of vision for um, other than Piper trying to eat the Swiffer. Like I have to watch out for her because I don't want to shoot her with Swiffer juice and um, or, you know, have her be chewing up the Swiffer as she's attacking it and stuff. Um, and Windexing, I don't always do the best at that. Um, I do Windex, you know, throughout the week and everything. Um, but Zach will make fun of me because I miss spots or like I'll I'll spray the Windex and wipe and totally miss the spot that I sprayed, um, you know. So just little things like that. I, I think a lot of my things like, yes, the blindness plays a, a, a role in, in it, but also I'm just so speedy when it comes to doing things. Um, I just try to make the most of every day, like to achieving things and um, you know, just trying to get done everything that I want to do before the boys get home because I really truly like to be present whenever they are around. So anything I have to do work related, um, chores, anything like I try and get all that done before they get home. So I'm just constantly rushing around and, um, you know, I, I, like I said, I make the most of every day, whether I'm blind or not. And, you know, as I find, um, new challenges and everything because of my blindness or my, my low vision, like I just usually will find a new way to adapt to it and move forward. And, um, I could probably like make a huge list of all the ways that I do, you know, just one 
specific thing in my day's time, but I just want to give like a brief overview and kind of give everybody an idea, like the things that you may take for granted um, if you have sight, uh, but you know, someone who's living with blindness and or a visual impairment or disability, um, you know, may have to make adaptations to these types of things. Like, you know, we don't live in a very accessible world. Actually, we live in a very inaccessible world. Um, You know, I'm I'm thinking of even this morning, like just doing basic things like filling out a form that was sent home, you know, for my, for one of my sons, um, you know, and it wasn't made by the school or anything. This was just like a general form for like, a, you know, some essay writing contest or whatever. Like, you know, it is so tiny, small, like it is just so busy on these types, like visually cluttered. Um, you know, I took a picture of it and what would have taken a typically sighted person like two minutes to fill out literally took me 10 minutes because I had to take a picture of it, zoom in, go line to line, like figure out where I was when I was zoomed in and, and fill out this form. And it was just my basic information and to sign a paper, but I'm his mom and I wanted to like take care of this for my son. Um, he wanted to take it to school today and everything. Um, so that's like my point, like these little things that are not a big deal and it's not a big deal even that, even, you know, that I am blind, but, um, you know, it's just, I just wanted to kind of give a look into the life of someone who is living with blindness and these just mundane tasks that we do every day um, and the challenges and frustrations that can arise. Like stuff like that used to really frustrate me. Like I've come a long way with my blindness and with handling um, these types of challenges and everything. Like Um, And my faith has definitely helped me in these situations um, as well. But there may be someone who's newly diagnosed and listening to this and just trying to figure out, like, how am I going to do these basic things? Like, I'm losing my vision. How am I going to do these basic things? And I'm just here to kind of give reassurance that it, it will get better. And it's all about the perspective that you have. If you stay positive, stay determined to keep doing good and, you know, keep living your life and making the best of it. Like you will do that. You will make the best of it. Just stay positive and, um, you know, just keep learning and just keep getting up every day and, um, putting on that armor and getting out there and, and facing, you know, the battles ahead. Um, because it, it, my life definitely has gotten better, even as I have lost my vision, like, um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely more at peace with everything. I don't find myself getting frustrated like I used to. Uh, I've definitely accepted everything at this point. So I just want to thank you all so much for listening in again this week. I truly appreciate you kind of coming through the daily grind with me today, a glimpse into a typical Tuesday in my life. And I am excited to be back with you all again next week. Have an awesome rest of your day.